What ends up falling through the cracks, though, is all the details that support the infrastructure, the running of the business. Quite frankly, the crap that you're just not very good at, right? And that <laughs> exactly. is just, it's the reality because you can't be great at everything, right? There's, there's only so much room in the brain. And so it's the, the recognition that you're not uh, good at everything and that we have to delegate and get some of this information out to folks who can handle that. Uh, but we need process behind everything that we do. But that doesn't mean that we have to be the one running those processes. Hey, welcome to the business of sales. I'm your host, Morris Sims. I have over 35 years training sales professionals who are actually business owners. And now, hey, I'm focused on helping those business owners run their businesses more effectively and efficiently in today's very fast-paced, ever-changing world. So on this show, we're going to interview some great business leaders and give you practical ideas that you can use today. So, hey, stick with us, please. We've got great things coming out, and it's going to happen right now. Our guest today on the Business of Sales is Sean Adams, and Sean has a very interesting history in the world of sales and now helps uh, create systems that help people learn how to sell and just has a great background to share with us today and some great ideas and insights on sales as it pertains to the way we work right now in the real world. So, Sean, thank you very much for being here. Welcome to the Business of Sales. Morris, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Really excited about today's conversation. Well, we're going to have some fun no matter what. That's always the case. But Dad, tell us about your journey, my friend. Where did you get into this world and, and how did you get here? Yeah, it's been a, a very interesting one at that. Uh, I got in from the small business perspective. I was actually the local kid around the neighborhood pushing the lawnmower in high school and just kind of caught the bug for entrepreneurship and primarily just around the opportunities that existed out there. And I spent about the first 12 or so years of my career, if you can call it that, in high school, <laughs> building out uh, a service business, which was a small landscape and contracting firm, got into some real estate work as well. And um, that was my what I call my real-world MBA. I learned uh, about a 1,000 different ways on how not to run a business and manage your money and <laughs> grow a team and sell and all those different things. I, I, my God, I made so many mistakes, but it helped me learn so many things in a uh, concentrated environment that really helped shape all the things that have, that have been a great resource for me to pull from now. And um, as I kind of rounded up the, the small business world, I was in a position to actually exit one of those businesses and sell it and move on. And I had a great opportunity to basically help other small businesses and some partner um, organizations to help them get more organized and, and have some of the light bulb moments that I had, primarily around technology, uh, how to sell better, how to be um, more efficient and effective with what we do. And uh, I spent a few years bouncing around at some kind of independent consulting and uh, ultimately got picked up into a, a software uh, sales role where the company said, hey, you're doing all this referring into us for using our system. Why don't you come work internally and actually sell your narrative uh, back to the people that you used to be. And so that's kind of how I got into the software sales world. And I, I pull a lot, as I mentioned, from you know, that time spent as a, an individual contributor, a business owner, an operator. And um, while it was wildly painful going through it, I, I wouldn't pass it up for the, 
for anything now because it's it's just such a useful set of experiences and perspective to pull from. It's amazing how the, that good old school of hard knocks teaches us all very, very well what we need to know. And the business of sales is all about that. It's all about how to run a business while you're an outstanding top-notch salesperson in order to make a living, to be profitable, to, to have a business that has a bottom line that's uh, that's in the black, if you will. And that's that's where I see the big disconnect for so many of us has been, uh, you know, I'm great at sales, I'm great at building relationships, I do all these wonderful things, but, man, I'm, I'm not making any money. What's the problem here? That's where that school of hard knocks sounds like it really taught you well. 100%, yeah. What I find is most people, from a craftsman perspective, if we can call it that, whether you're a plumber or you're a financial professional, your area of expertise, you're a subject matter expert. That is not, there's no denying that. And so we could have you talk for hours and hours and hours about that and how to get in front of people and close deals and uh, push and help those that are in your target market. What ends up falling through the cracks, though, is all the details that support the infrastructure, the running of the business. Quite frankly, the crap that you're just not very good at, right? And that <laughs> exactly. is just, it's the reality because you can't be great at everything, right? There's, there's only so much room in the brain. And so it's the, the recognition that you're not uh, good at everything and that we have to delegate and get some of this information out to folks who can handle that. Uh, but we need process behind everything that we do. But that doesn't mean that we have to be the one running those processes. But if oh, we're going to yeah. document and delegate this to other folks, there has to be a clear and effective path for that learning, for how it gets managed. We all, I always like to say, there's a process for everything we do. Even the things that we don't think we have a process for, we do. It's just usually pretty terrible and pretty broken. <laughs> and it's hard <laughs> for another person to follow. So our job is to help to crystallize and kind of find the path of the least resistance. And it's a big thing about what I do at, at my current company, IORAD, is, is help folks, uh, specifically in the digital uh, world, those tasks that get in the way of us being profitable, growing our businesses, and doubling down on those tasks that we're best at. We, we use a tool like this to get those tasks out of our plate or off of our plate that are basically the, the, the lower value tasks, the things that we're not so good at. And that's something that we, we find that a lot of us, what, whatever profession you're in, whatever you're, as you say, whatever subject matter you are the expert in is, is beside the point here. The, the, the real problem comes back down into you're all by yourself very possibly, or you may have a, a virtual assistant or something, but chances are you don't have a staff of 22. So mm -hmm. therefore, you know, there are a lot of things that you wind up having to do, like bookkeeping and accounting and uh, making sure all the legal stuff is done. If, if you don't have some help with that, chances are, I know for me at least, without help along those lines, things fall between the, the, the fall in the cracks and between the rocks and you wind up in a bad place. Absolutely. I mean, so let's just take the financial services world. I, I did a little work in, in life insurance uh, in a previous life. If you were to sell a customer and they say, yes, let's move forward. That's the easy part. <laughs> the hard part <laughs> is all the crap that has to happen for that to be an executed net new policy. Right? Yeah. We've got to go through an underwriting process, a medical review. There's a financial component. There's 
all of the, the risk that goes into this, the assessments, um, all of those layers that go in, the paperwork, the applications. I mean, there, there was hundreds of documents that, that I used to have to go through uh, or help folks to, to navigate through there. That is all friction in the sales process, friction for you to grow your business, friction for your team to grow because they have to learn all those processes, friction for your, uh, your, um, your clients themselves to have to navigate through uh, that that different you know policy or or um, application, and so every one of those is a bottleneck that is kind of stunting growth or, or causing uh, issues, and that's requiring you to be bound down in those activities. That if we were to boil it down, are probably ten to fifteen dollar an hour tasks. And if you're going to be that high elite professional, you got to be working in the thousand dollar an hour tasks and above, right? Or at least working towards those things. And so every time we're pulled off because we don't have a system, because we don't have documentation or a good process to reference, we are now kind of demoting ourselves to those low dollar per hour tasks. And, and that's where I see a lot of folks really get stuck in the weeds uh, because they don't have that reference, those resources to, to go to, and they end up not realizing how much time is spent kind of distracting them from their, their you know, best time spent. My friends, Thank you again for listening to the Business of Sales. We appreciate you. Hey, a quick bit of news for you just to get started today. Our friend and mentor, Dr. Randy Marshall, well, Randy has taught many of us in the world of sales over the years. He makes no apology for his faith and his Christianity. He is in Poland right now helping with the refugees and providing aid to the Ukrainians. Randy has taught there for several years to help build leaders to plant churches in that country. Now he works to help get them medicine and clothes and food and, yeah, even bulletproof vests. So please pray for Randy and his mission and his safe travels on all his many trips back and forth. And if you're moved to help support this work, go to a website. It's tccp.pro. That's the Center for Church Planters. tccp.pro, P-R-O, and share your treasure to help a people who are truly in need of physical and spiritual support at this time. Carla and I have been blessed, and we've given to this organization because I know every penny is going to go to help a family in Ukraine and to spread the gospel. You know, our Lord taught us, as often as you've done this for one of my least brothers, you did it for me. Thank you for your support. And Thank you so much for listening to the business of sales. Hey, let's get back to the show. And again, it's it's that word you used it just a second ago, systems. Systems are so vitally important. Even when you're a one-person show, you need to have a, a written and documented system for how you do things so that when you're no longer a one-person show, you can give it to somebody else to do. And it's it's just impossible to say, hey, I need you to go do this when this is not well-defined. You can't replicate yourself when you don't actually know what you do. You know, yeah. that's the, the, the big challenge that we see a lot of folks have is that they, the soft skills that it takes to scale up something like hiring a new sales professional, a new agent, a new financial advisor, it is tremendously painful to teach someone what it takes to negotiate, to build rapport, to walk th someone through the closing process. You want to spend as much time as possible on those sort of activities because they truly drive the needle for your organization. 
But what we end up seeing is most folks get bogged down in those details because they don't have a system, a documented process for how they do things, so that their team then gets held up on, oh, shoot, how do I start an application? They don't even know that the simple stuff, so they can't even get to the soft skills where it really is challenging and you need to have that one-on-one training. So it's a big part is kind of separating out, not all tasks, not all things that we do in our business are created equal. And it's important to think through those activities so we can prioritize. All right, Sean, we've done a great job of defining the problem and uh, if you will, bitching about it, how do we solve it? (laughs) What do you think? (laughs) Hey y'all hang on for just a second. I got, I got something I just got to tell you. I'm giving away some free stuff. All right. Free stuff. I've got a copy in there of my ebook, Practical Influence with Ideas to Help You Improve Your Influence with Other People. I've got some uh, some great marketing and prospecting ideas that are on an audio file, so you can listen to it while you work out or drive or whatever you'd like to. And we've also got some stuff in there on planning for 2022 to help you make 2022 your best year ever. Just go to morrissims.com slash free stuff. That's morrissims.com slash forward slash free stuff and get your free stuff. It's just that easy. All right. Now back to the show. Yeah. So, I mean, the the first step is, is, as I mentioned, the the prioritization. If you can look at your day and your tasks and figure out where those bottlenecks are, the, the simple task I go through is actually trying to identify and put a dollar per hour amount in on those activities. So I can see what's a outsourceable task, if you will, and what's something that I should be handling or I should be making sure I spend a tremendous amount of time building up the right individual to handle. And then from there, it's about building the systems for those things. So tools like even just documenting everything into a Google Doc for how you do it is a that's a start. Using other software tools out there like your your video programs. Our tool IORAD is for tutorials, how to click by click guides. Right. And so we help folks to basically put things like that in place. Imagine you drop a brand new employee into the four or five different software systems that you navigate, even if it's your email, your application system, your financial planning system. There's a lot to try to do all those intermittent tasks. And so we basically have a way to give you a little GPS so anyone can just reference that whenever they have an issue. They'll have the exact step by step, click by click process on how to actually accomplish that end task. So there's no ambiguity. There aren't people doing things inconsistently. They aren't having to Google things. They're not pulling you out of a meeting with a customer to ask you which dropdown they should click on, right? You're actually taking away those low dollar per hour activities and you're having someone have all the answers that they need where they are, like alleviating the friction of them finding that knowledge. And that's that's a big piece. If you tackle that, I, I find in most organizations, you know, that's 50 or 60% of the mess that they find themselves in is being bogged down in, I call it operational hell, where they're just jumping fire to fire. Yeah. I, and I think you're absolutely right. But again, you got to have those systems and you got to have that, that, uh, well, we've got the systems as you very well pointed out. The question is whether or not it's documented and put together. I, I love what you're talking about though, and being able to help people learn technology rapidly because the technology side of the house is just expanding drastically and from Salesforce to all the plugins and all the, the apps for Salesforce to, to just being able to communicate well today. It's incredible. 
we found ourselves in a situation, Morris, where there's technology for technology's sake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Where> exactly. <laughs> they have this, they call it a technology stack, meaning all the tools you use, like your tool belt online. Mm -hmm. It's such a profitable industry that there's a lot of average and below average tools out there that people get bought into because they think it's going to save them time. And they end up having such a steep learning curve that, they, that it adds to their plate instead of taking away from their plate. So I tell people to be very selective about the tools that they take on, but more importantly, really underscore which activities we're going to outsource. Just because you find some tool that helps you post quicker on LinkedIn or something, like that might be fancy and flashy and cool, but does it actually contribute to taking something off your plate permanently? Or is it just like uh, eye-catching, you know, and, and um, just the shiny object syndrome? And so that's something that I really try to focus on with folks is like get to the core of what you're doing. And I know it sounds a little bit morbid, but I always take this uh, kind of hit by a bus type of approach because I went through this activity when I had my business. And it was if I were to be laid up in the hospital, how could I explain to someone else if I physically could not be there? There was no option. I could not be in the office. I could not sit shoulder to shoulder with my employees or my team. How could I document all the junk that's in my head into these other places? And what I find is that this usually has, say, five or six different pieces of technology that execute most of that. Your, as you mentioned, maybe your email, your document storage, your forecasting tool, your Salesforce, you know, customer database, those sort of things. Mm -hmm. That's the, the, the dashboard, the yeah. uh, kind of you know, operating system of your business. Those are where I suggest people start. You can add on these other things whenever you would like, but it has to be in support of that foundation. If you're just adding in more yarn to the giant ball, it's just going to make it more complicated, right? So without that foundation in place, it really doesn't matter. And that's a big thing I try to focus on with folks. Our sponsor this week is Mindy Audlin, and she has a question for you. Do you ask yourself what if questions and when you do, are you asking worst case questions? You know, what if the sky falls kind of thing? That's called what if down. But what if it all goes right? That's what if up. Mindy Audlin's new book, I, I got to tell you, I couldn't put it down. You'll want your own copy. It's called What If It All Goes Right. It's on Amazon in paperback, Audible, and Kindle versions. But here's the bonus. What if upping is so much fun that there's a club? You can find resources and more at the nonprofit What If Up Club at whatif.org. That's whatif.org. Pretty easy, right? So please support our sponsor. You can find Mindy Audlin at whatif.org. I am a card carrying member of the What If Up Club. Oh, and by the way, the music you hear in the background, well, that's Amy Scruggs singing her new release titled, you guessed it, What If It All Goes Right? Chase your dream and changes your whole life. Yeah, what if it all goes right? What if you jump on the trampoline and touch the sky? Grab a cloud as it passes by. You So the first thing we want to do is find out what uh, what it cost for me to spend an hour doing that task. And then is that something that I could outsource or not? And if it, uh, if it is, how am I going to teach somebody to do it? And that comes into systems. Is that about right, Sean? Did I get that close? 
Yeah, pretty much is. I mean, if you can handle those low hanging fruit in, in those processes that can just be taken off of your plate, I mean, really boiling down your, your calendar. Somebody said it best, it's called mastering your minutes. You know, <laughs> what, what is the best time spent for me uh, where where I can? There's some things that are inevitable. Like we all got to take off the trash and do these different things that we just, we love to outsource, but we just can't. It doesn't make financial sense to do it or, or time sense to do it. But there's a tremendous amount of these other activities in which we can actually get them off of our plate. And if we have good documentation with virtual assistants, with the remote world and these other uh, elements, you can do this. I mean, it's there's a lot of those repetitive tasks, especially in a service-based business, that we can take off of our plate so that we can be focused on those right activities. And those you know, documentation tools, having really good tutorials and videos, that is a – it's – absolutely exponential time spent. In other words, if I were to create a system one time, if I spent three hours and created a system, that is taking perpetual time off of my future plate. I will never have to do that task again if I build the right system, right? So people get in all wrapped up about, oh my gosh, I can't spend the time to build a system. So they'll spend an hour a day for the rest of their life instead of spending four hours now so they never have to do it again. And in reality, in today's world, it's it would be fairly easy. I mean, you could even, you could record yourself on your cell phone just with, with any voice recorder talking about it and giving somebody the step-by-step way to, to make things happen and hand that off to a virtual assistant or better yet, send it to a transcriber. They'll do it for, for next mm-hmm. to nothing. I mean, pennies, you get a document then that you can throw in a, a file in Google Docs or wherever and then you've got something you can email to somebody. You've got something you can share with them. You've got something that, you know, puts it all together straight out of your head, but you didn't have to spend the time to sit in front of a keyboard figuring out exactly how to make it uh, into a document that somebody else could read. Spot on. Could not agree more. Yeah, it's, it's once you get the muscle down of how to document things, you start to understand that no step is too small no instruction is, is, is too detailed. <laughs> People tend to be really vague in the beginning, but if you can really get to the point where like, Hey, I want to explain this to my mother who doesn't know how to send an email. I'm going to show her the steps, right? There's all kinds of studies and books out there about the most complex processes of being a airline pilot or a heart surgeon can all be broken down to a series of micro steps. So there's no excuse for why we can't outsource the simple things in a service business, you know, if these wildly complex systems out there can be built on much more complicated overall programs. Well, it's amazing what sometimes things that you think nobody else could ever do, once you outsource it and find somebody else to do it, it's amazing how much time you have to do more productive type stuff. In in my business today, I do podcasts. That's great. Every podcast has to be edited. Every podcast needs specific uh, uh, drops, I would call them. Uh, in the radio mm-hmm. industry, we would call them drops, where you, you put something in the middle there to, to remind people or to advertise something. All that kind of stuff, that takes a couple of hours per show. Well, geez, I don't have that kind of time. So I wound up outsourcing that and hiring somebody to do my editing and, and to work through my podcast and manage that side of the house all of a sudden, I've got time for more uh, of my clients, more of my consulting clients, more of my clients where I'm teaching a master class for them. 
it's just amazing what that one little outsourcing has done for me and my business. It's crazy. Uh, there's a million stories like that. And it's just so powerful once you can get, again, that, that activity and that mindset down of, I really want to be focused on the things. If I could wave a wand and take things off my plate, what would they be? And then how could I reverse engineer a program that someone else can follow to do? And nine times out of 10, folks find that other people who do that task, not only do they do it better, but they add in something that was missed or they add another flair or another angle that we didn't think about. And it, it, it's like almost that uh, to learn something, you need to teach someone. It's that same concept. Uh, and it really helps crystallize a process. Uh, and you start to really get things efficient when you have to show someone else how to do it. Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt about that. Uh, yeah, no no doubt about that at all. I'm with you 100%. Sean, let's kind of change the uh, the discussion just a little bit here. You're in... You're in the world of sales out there, probably more business to business than anything. But what do you find are the, the what, what's the, the top couple of things in your mind that a great salesperson has to have in order to, to do really well in today's world? Yeah, focus. <laughs> if I were to underscore one point, <laughs> uh, I would say focus because when we open up this wild screen that we have in front of us, there is an endless amount of distraction on there from emails to customer questions to social media to different software tools that want our attention and want our money. And it can get really challenging to drill down and knock off the important tasks on our to-do list or focus on the right skill sets when we're talking to customers or whatever that next action is. So the ability to be hyper-focused and kind of alleviate distractions, a lot of what we're talking about here, having systems in place to organize your day, organize your inbox, you'll notice the same theme is there. It's just capturing and having you know, conscious control over your schedule and, and mastering those minutes. And I find that those are, are some of the most important things we can do because when you're meeting with a customer back before COVID and you're face-to-face -face with somebody in your office and you're talking about someone's finances, you wouldn't be in business if you didn't have the ability to build rapport and listen to someone on the other side of the table, right? I'm, I'm assuming those are table stakes for most of your listeners. Yeah. But the second that a screen gets involved, we all get a little wonky. It just, <laughs> our brains are not prepared. You know, we, we have 50,000 years of evolution that tells us that face-to-face -face is how we communicate. And then over the past 30 years, we've dropped these weird glass screens in between us. And then people do a bunch of weird wonky things and they get distracted and they text and they send emails when they should be listening. And so the, the focus is a big piece there of, of um, I find that it can really get distracting. I mean, listening, building rapport, those are synonymous in sales. Uh, so I, I think the, the core focus on being able to get all the distractions out of place when we're dealing with someone's money or we're dealing with someone's livelihood over Zoom, they're already hesitant. They already feel exposed. So from a sales perspective, having that vulnerability and empathy for the, the customer on the other side and saying, hey, I know how challenging and strange this is to see this floating head <laughs> on your other side of the screen. Uh, it, even though it's been a couple of years of this being the normal, it's still not that normal. Uh, and, and so it's, it's important to have that level of empathy. So focus would be really where I try to help tell folks to, to really double down on, if anything. So, Sean, I'm big on the practical side of the house. I would agree with you completely. Um, uh, you know, Bill Gates and uh, Warren Buffett agree with you as well. They said focus was the most important skill anybody had to have in business today. But 
how do we do that? How do you do that? How do you, you manage your own self within the time you've got allotted in your lifetime? Just like we all do. We only have 24 and 7, and, and we've, we can't change that. So we manage ourselves. We don't manage time. Given that, mm-hmm. how do you manage you to be able to get that focus? Yeah, I mean, a lot of what we cover from the systems perspective, if I take a, a large overarching concept of you know, whatever I'm trying to do, if it's prospecting for new customers or something like that, I, or let's say that the overall goal is to grow revenue by X percent or by X customers, whatever. I have to break that down into daily steps, which eventually turn into hourly blocks of time or hourly tasks that I have to handle. So I've got to take that big goal and break it down and truncate it into these pieces that are manageable on my day to day. And so the focus piece allows me to go, okay, well, what is the priority here? Should I spend time following up on some application that I can pay somebody $5 an hour to do, $10 an hour to do, uh, when I could be starting new conversations with prospects or something like that, right? And so the calendar is the single source of truth for most professionals. It, It does not lie. It tells you where your priorities are. It tells you where you're focused and what you care about. And so for me, it's really unpacking that and saying, okay, everything I do has to be broken down into these tasks. And so if I'm going to prospect, it has to happen daily and it's going to be this many people. And who am I going to reach out to? Well, it's going to be this specific uh, ICP or ideal customer profile, and I'm going to find them in this area. I just keep breaking it down in the smallest components possible until I have that hyper-focused, what I can do in the next two minutes to help me get closer to that goal. And so once I break it down in those pieces, I just try to remove all the distractions I can. So I take off as many apps as I can on my phone. And if you look at my email right now, I get, I don't know, 100 emails a day. I have about two emails in my inbox because I practice strategies that allow me to alleviate any distraction. So if there's something that I don't need to store, the second it comes in my inbox, it gets deleted. If it's a customer conversation that I can answer in less than one minute, I answer it right then and there and get it out of my inbox and into a folder. If it is something that I need to think on or I have to revisit, it stays in my inbox until I'm done with it or until I have time on the calendar to fix that. All right. And so this becomes very strategic and uh, it, it's this approach that's hyper-targeted, right? I don't leave anything up to chance. I don't let other buzzes and bings and dings and alerts get in the way of what I need to do. So that's really how I operationalize this focus into the the, the minute by minute. And I know it sounds a little neurotic, but it it almost becomes a necessity because everything around you is telling you and trying to make you do the opposite. Well, it is a necessity because time moves and it, uh, it, you know, it doesn't stop. <laughs> it just keeps on keeping on. And before you know it, it's going to be the end of the day, the end of the week. And, and what have you got to show for that? So, you yeah. know, this is it. This is our life. This is our day. This is our minute. And we've got to yield to that and do what we know we need to do. And what's most important, setting those priorities, setting those priorities, deciding what's most important at that particular point in time. So, I don't know. I, I'm a proponent for planning your week a week at a time. And I do that. I plan my week. And then every day, all I have to do is tweak tomorrow because it's already planned. So I tweak it based on what's happened today. How, how do you look at your week, Sean? Do you do you plan the whole week? Do you plan it every day at the end of the What do you do? Very similar, Mar. So I, I work on weekly increments as well. I think that's the easiest amount of time that I can plan ahead without getting 
too far out. Yeah. And so yeah. I, everything is scheduled in terms of customer calls and I have a very specific strategy I follow. So on my Mondays coming in after the weekends, um, we have a series of company meetings I have to deal with. And so I, you know, the first half of the day I'm spent kind of knocking out a few of those action items. I find that, you know, meeting Mondays, is just the, the nature of the beast. And so I, I schedule as many of those sort of admin related tasks in that day. And I really try to be very intentional about what activities I'm doing at what time of day and at what day of the week. In other words, if you were, I mean, we're doing this call later in the day here, and I have to be very intentional about that because if it goes about an hour past this, I'm a morning person. If you're catching me at, at 5 p.m., my brain is in a different place than it is at, say, <laughs> 9 or 10 a.m., right? Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's, it's taken me years to realize this, but I have to think about the management of my energy throughout that day because I see a lot of people's calendar, and it's booked for 12 hours straight, and I'm like, there is not a human being on Earth no, be the most finely not. tuned athlete impossible. Yeah. Your brain does not function at, at the same capacity evenly for 12 hours. And so what I am doing is breaking down in, in the days as well as the management of my energy. So Mondays, I'm knocking out that admin because I know it's taking me a day to kind of get in the rhythm of the week. I'm also doing any of my media. I'm recording videos, doing podcasts. I try to knock out a lot of that stuff on Mondays. And then the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays are where I'm hitting as much client work as I can. And my calendar is set up and blocked in a way that when someone needs to get a hold of me, it's in those time periods. And so the first set of the morning, I'm doing my outreach. I'm hitting my LinkedIn. I'm connecting with new folks. I'm answering follow-ups. All the stuff where my brain is at firing on all cylinders. And I need the crisp, the crispest version of my brain at, at those moments. And then as the day progresses, you know, past, say, 4 or 5 p.m., I'm not taking any more calls because I'm not – my brain isn't – at that same level. So I'm doing more admin related work. Maybe it's follow-ups, maybe it's sending proposals, maybe it's uh, grabbing a list and doing some data entry because I have lower energy at those times and I can mindlessly do those activities. And so those are the, that's the meat of the week. And then on Fridays, at least in my um, industry, are tend to be pretty slow. Uh, so I, after about 2 p.m. or so, or 1 p.m. really, on the professional side, I'm, not many people are booking Friday afternoon meetings. So that's another great time for me to kind of recap, get some of the admin things done, right? So as you start thinking about all these little parameters on your week, you start to really crystallize how your activities work and when you can fit those things in. This is just how I do it. It's not right or wrong, but it's the intentionality that I think is really important here. Oh, I do too, and I think you've got a great idea and some great systems there. Sean, you've done a wonderful job of adding value to our listeners today, and frankly to me, I picked up a lot of great stuff. Thank you very much for being with us. What uh, what can we do for you? If we were going to say, gee, Sean, what adds value to you for being on this show today, what could we do to make, make things good for you, sir? Well, thank you for asking. I appreciate that. It's been a fun conversation. I would say that the best place to go is to reach out to me on LinkedIn. It's the place where I'm sharing my content and my ideas. I have some publications and things that I produce on a regular basis. Uh, it's just Sean, S-E-A-N, Adams. Uh, the company I work for is, is IORAD. So any folks out there that have a team or are trying to delegate the tactical click-by-click -click kind of digital tasks off their plate, that's where we come in and we help organizations, uh, one-man teams up to global brands, uh, really help to share their knowledge, the how-to content in their organizations in the most effective way possible. So I share a lot of content on that, and I'll always be happy to help folks uh, point them in the right direction with how to help with that or you know, ultimately 
you know, give them a strategy to, to abide by as well. Sean, that's great. We'll connect with you on LinkedIn, buddy, and we'll uh, we'll kind of take it from there. But thank you so much for taking the time to be with us here today. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much, Mars. Oh, you're very welcome. And uh, thanks to everybody out there listening. You guys go out and make it a great week. Have a good time. Enjoy it because this is it. This is our life. <laughs> Have a good one. I'll see you again next time, next week on The Business of Sales. <laughs>